You are listening to I Am Me in the Raw, a podcast discussing mental health through sharing my journey living with a mental illness. Our discussions are uncensored. Please be mindful if children are present. We are not giving medical advice, nor is this a substitute for treatment. This is a discussion forum to share information. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 for assistance. Hello, hello. You're listening to I Am Me in the Raw. Thank you for listening. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about isolation. And joining me is my friend Nessa and um, a um, fellow mental health advocate. And we're going to be addressing what isolation means to someone with a mental illness, why they do it. And it's kind of time appropriate because I'm just going to share a little something with you before I started this podcast. Um, you know, you kind of go through, um, when you isolate, you go through phases of going up and down. And, um, I think the isolation of this pandemic has affected me to have more frequent phases of feeling really energetic and then feeling low. So before I started the recording, um, I just wasn't feeling it. A lot of times people with mental illness too have creative minds and, um, I obviously have a mood disorder because I bipolar too. So if I'm not in a zone, I can tend to get frustrated and aggravated about it. And then I'm just not in a place to be creative. So I basically had to uh, go walk my dogs for about an hour and listen to some music and get myself re-motivated, which that can be frustrating itself. So I think what my point is the isolation kind of makes me go through more of these ups and downs. Um, so the reason I wanted to talk about isolation, obviously, because we've been in a pandemic and um, it's probably made a lot of people isolate that aren't used to isolating. And then people who are used to isolating, they're even deeper into it and it can create um, some social behaviors that you're not used to as well. Um, I know that I can go through phases and cycles of isolating uh, when I'm not doing well, I tend to uh, isolate and detach from people. And a lot of it just has to do with um, me, one, not feeling like um, I have a positive attitude or I can have a good conversation with someone. And and frankly, I don't want to bring people down um, because I know when I go into that zone, I can be really negative. And, you know, sometimes you just feel like you're venting but or complaining and you, you don't want to bring that into someone's life. So we tend to isolate for those reasons. Um but isolating in this pandemic for me, because, and I've spoke about it in the last cast that, um, you know, I'm used to traveling three weeks a month um, and being social because I'm in sales. So I'm used to talking to people and being out and about. And for the last two years, I pretty much have isolated myself just because I have health issues. So I wanted to protect myself and make sure that I didn't get sick. Frankly, I don't have time to get sick. Um but the isolation has really affected me because I'm a very social person. I think when I go out now, I, I tend to over talk to people because I'm, you know, I'll talk to people on the phone, um, you know, during my work hours and I'll, and I'll do, you know, video calls and such, but it really isn't the same as being in person with someone. So I tend to, uh, I think I, I want to really socialize with people that maybe aren't in a zone to socialize. So with that being said, um, isolation uh, is not only hard on the person isolating, but I do understand it's it's hard on people um, that you're related to or you're friends with that don't understand why you kind of disappear or isolate because they're just thinking, well, maybe they just need to help motivate you or, um, 
you know, do something that can get you motivated, but a lot of it really has to just come within for yourself, right? So one of the things I wanted to address is um, support, um, but we can get to that later. Um, I want to bring you in, Nissa, and kind of tell me, I think that you're you're probably in a, in the middle of your cycle. You're you're finding yourself isolating probably more than you ever have as well, correct? Yep. And, um, and I feel like uh, somehow the pandemic and then an injury that I had that was pretty tough getting through gave me the excuse to isolate as well. Um, when I was feeling anxious and when I was feeling like I didn't want to deal with people, um, because I do cycle through that as we talked about in one of the other sessions. So, <clears throat> um, I'm trying to work around being able to use that as an excuse because I will stay inside as much as I can anymore. And yeah, I, I talk with people. It's mo- mostly text though, or, you know, emails. Um, and you know, it's not healthy. It's not, it's very easy again to make excuses and to eat poorly and not be physical and um, not get sunshine. And that just feeds into the whole monster, I guess. Yeah. And then you get in a comfort zone, right? Because you're comfortable. Like, I think I got like comfortable isolating from society because, you know, I could do everything I wanted to here, but I couldn't, I didn't feel like it could go out. So I just tried to focus on my little bubble. And then when I started going out, I found, you know, the anxiety level was really high because I wasn't used to socializing. Um, but like you said, then you, you, it becomes like, you know, oh, well, I don't have to do it now, or maybe I'll do it later, or I don't need to walk today, or I just need to get some sun. And you find all kinds of excuses and really it it's finding that inner motivation, right? Because I knew I just didn't have the ability to, you know, talk much like about two hours ago. Cause I just was, you know, not feeling so me or happy. And so that's one of my tools is, you know, music and walking because then I get my energy up. I listen to music. It makes me happy. And then I can like re excite myself about something. Right. So then my walk really kind of got me into a place where I'm, you know, good with having a conversation, <laughs> which, you know, sounds like it shouldn't be that difficult, but with people with mental illness, it, it can be that much of a, you know, a task to prepare for something where most people might just be, you know, preparing because they're nervous, but we've got like multiple issues going on. But, you know, my whole point is isolation can really um, affect your mental health a lot, whether you are self-isolating or being required to isolate. Um, I know that we, we tend to self-isolate, um, and do you, I don't know, do you detach, detach from people too when you're not doing well? Like I just end up not calling people because I just don't want to bring them into my cycle. Oh yeah. Yes. I, I really just have, I will turn off any kind of external life that I have. Oh, media connections. Media connections, because again, that's, that's my main way of communicating with people. Um, and then, you know, if I have plans with someone or if I, I don't know, have obligations to myself, uh, mainly, you know, to get out and um, go pick something up from the store that I need or go to the gym or, you know, do the things that I know that I need to do in order to stay healthy or as healthy as I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, that becomes problematic um, for me. So what are the ways that you get yourself motivated? Like I said, like I have to really just tell myself, okay, go for the walk, get on with it. So you can get out there um, and come back and feel energetic. But, you know, half the battle is getting the energy to actually want to do it, even if it's just a walk, which sounds like, you know, what's the big deal? Walk down the block. But, um, you know, when you're battling anxiety and social, um, I don't know, uh, tendencies to not want to be social, um, bringing yourself there can be really difficult challenges in itself, which like I battle that with being in sales, you're pretty much expected to be on all the time. It's not a, a nine to five job. So um, it's one of the things about my job is it's good for me because it keeps me focused on something where I can't overthink about other things. Um, but then um, am I am myself isolating and working too much because I'm focusing on something that distracts me? Um, I do you have that work life balance issue too. Yes, I definitely, um, I definitely rely on work a lot to make up for some of the, um, I don't, to force me into, you know, to have something done. Yeah. To force me into getting something done to get into like a, you know, like, um, a habit of, okay, you have the structure. And so being in isolation, either, you know, by something that you've chosen to do on your own. Well, it's not even a choice necessarily all the time. It's, you know, you just find yourself not speaking to anyone or leaving your place for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. I find it, I find it like, well, I think I talked about it before about having a daily schedule that keeps me on track, even though I'm not really into, I'm more of a flexible person, but staying on a schedule at least keeps me on track. Um, so I do do that. Um, but I think one of the things I wanted to address was um, in, I think what becomes frustrating is people don't know how to support someone like that when you isolate, because one, I think people feel um, hurt and isolated from you, like you're cutting them off, but you're not really doing it to hurt anybody. You're kind of self-protecting, but also, you know, kind of keeping them safe as well, because you feel like you're going to drag them into your darkness, right? Um, and nobody wants to do that. But I think that people, I think to support someone who's like that, the best thing is to continue to reach out. Like they're probably not going to get back at you and it could be, it could be months. It could be even a year. And that sounds crazy or like a long period of time, but sometimes that's what it takes for people to get through their cycles and become, you know, self in tune again and self loving. Um, but I, I do tell you that when, when I've been in my darkest times, um, I do reach out to people here and there. And, you know, of course people are going on with their lives. And if I don't get anybody, I said, I start, you know, internalizing and thinking, Oh, well, you know, I guess I don't matter. And we do something we have, we create stories in our heads, which are usually on the negative side. And it's really not even what the truth is happening. So I think if people don't get back to you, if you're trying to support somebody with a mental illness, that's isolating, just keep, you know, saying I'm here if you need me you know, they might not get back at you, but at least you're there because it really does help to know that people feel like they're, they want to be there to support you and that they're okay with what you're doing. Because a lot of times that brings guilt. Then we isolate even more because we feel guilty that we've detached and now we haven't talked to anybody. And then it's even harder to pick up the phone for the first call. 
Um, and so if you're supporting someone and if you have a mental illness, of course, you could be supporting someone else with a mental illness. But people who don't have one typically don't understand this isolation separation. And, you know, say if you know, I, I isolate for six months, um, if you poked at me every month, at least I know you're thinking about me and it help. it does help keep me going. Because then I start to feel like there are people out there that I do matter to and I have to keep going, right? I mean, I don't know how you feel about support and how to communicate that to people that, you know, don't know what to do because you're isolating and you've detached. Well, I appreciate the support, obviously. Like what you said, you know, it'll be, it can be some time before I get back in touch with people and because of, um, my location kind of being far away from my family. Um, it, you know, and people aren't seeing me regularly, then the only method of communication is, you know, on the phone or over, you know, texts and things like that. So there's a little bit more of a worry and a, um, I think for my family, you know, if they don't hear anything for a while. So I have to, be patient with them. They have to be patient with me. You know, it's definitely everyone needs to kind of understand where the other person is coming from. Mm. Um, and definitely I've um, been frustrated with, you know, people not letting go and then people have been frustrated with me and that's definitely not a good situation to be in. So, you know, in order to preserve um, a healthy communication I think it's important to have that conversation, you know, like just so people don't get the wrong idea. Like you said, with people in your life about when it happens. Yeah. I think it's good to have like um, an arrangement. Like, look, if I'm doing that and you just, you know, send me a thumbs up, a prayer, a heart, a butterfly, whatever. And I can send one back. At least you're communicating something to each other and you know, you're safe. I think that's really what people want to know. So um, I think that can relieve the person's sufferings, guilt. If you're just, you know, you can at least pop something back to somebody like that, you know, just a sign to say you're okay. Um, and then the people to support just keep, you know, putting it out there. Even if you don't get conversation back, at least you know that they're okay. And just that, I mean, if I had five people doing that for me, I mean, it's so much, it makes it so much easier to get through it. Because like I said, that creating the story with your self-talk, you know, where, you know, you could go down this hole where you're like, oh, well, I haven't heard from anybody in six months, even though you're the one that detached yourself and isolated, right? So then you get your feelings hurt and you start to feel like, well, I must not matter that, you know, that much to anybody. And I never did. And I did all the work. And, you know, you you create this crazy um, narrative that wasn't even the truth. And then you end up hurting your own feelings and isolate and feel guilty even more. So like other things that we deal with, it's just like a a negative cycle, right? Um, So it's, I guess, a couple of the points that I want to make about isolating is like, everybody needs to accept that that's just part of what happens. If you, if you isolate, just, you know, be respectful to people in your life. I know that that's the last thing you want to do is talk to anybody. So then just arrange with them. I'm going to send you, you know, a heart or whatever. So, you know, I'm okay. And when I'm ready to talk, I'll reach out with, you know, over, you know, a text. Um, That way everybody knows, you know, they can, you know, reach out to you just to let you know that they're thinking of you. Then you don't have to resent them or feel guilty, I think a lot of that would really eliminate a lot of what we go through when we go through this horrendous cycle of isolation. Um, 
because then I, you know, I, what happens with me is I just start to feel like, um, what was it all? What was the whole point of my life? Why did I even waste all my time developing relationships? And um, it can make you even, you know, worse is my point. So I really think having an arrangement with people in your lives like that really is an important um, thing to communicate. Um, and I, I think you agree with me, Nessa, as well. I do. Because uh, I think, you know, we've even, you know, detached from each other with our isolation. We've gone long periods of time. Where we don't talk and then we talk again. Um, and then we understand because we talk through it, like what we were going through. But, you know, the older I get to, the more I realize, you know, you just ha- you still have to be responsible and respectful of other people, um, even though it's really hard to do and you're feeling like you're alone in the world. Um, but you're not because we're here. We hear you and we're going through it, too. That's the thing. That's why we're talking about it is because it's frustrating. It can be, um, you know, make you more depressed. It can be unmotivating. But like I said before, you find that one thing that makes you happy and just focus on that until you can move to the next thing that makes you happy. Um, you have any other thoughts, Nissa, on isolation? It's just, I mean, just to reiterate, it's, it's something that happens with a lot of us, mm-hmm. it's, it's not the worst thing, you know, that can happen. However, it's important to recognize when, when you're going through it. So you can kind of, if you don't have a routine for whatever reason, if you don't have a job or if you don't, you know, for whatever reason, um, whatever, either you're self-isolating, you're isolating because you're stuck at home during a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Um, you still have to use your tools. You have to use your tools and, um, you know, don't be afraid to have a very honest and open conversation with people who might not understand what you're, what you're going through. Allow them to try to help, um, you or, you know, reach out and, you know, do your best to try to explain to them what it feels like and what you're going through and, you know, and to please have some patience. Yeah. I mean, like anything else, when people are dealing with behavioral issues, patience is a big one, right? Um, And communication, if you're not communicating, people don't know, they're worried, they're frustrated, they're insulted, their feelings are hurt. You know, they feel guilty because they should have helped you, you know, so um, I think that's the big uh, key here as we're talking about, just communicate it to your friends and family and friends and family, just support through, you know, um, letting someone know you're thinking about them. Because what happens too is, you know, I've had some people in my life that, you know, just wouldn't let it go. And then they push and then I just get frustrated and angry. And and um, then it's like, I, I don't want to talk just because you're forcing me to, which is ridiculous. It's immature and, and irrational, but I mean, that's what happens, right? Um and they're look everything. If they if people have good intentions, that's what you always have to go back to. They're not trying to drive you even nuttier. You know, they're just trying to express their concern for you. Um, so hopefully, we've brought some like clarity to the whole isolation issue. Um, so with that being said, we thank you for joining us for the IME and the Raw discussion on isolation, and hope you join us for the next time. Say goodbye, Nessa. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.